0: Hi, I'm Dr. Melva, your board-certified radiation oncologist and serial entrepreneur and investor. Welcome to the 1% Code podcast. I help top income earners create multiple streams of income to support the career they love or the one they want to love again. Learn more on the 1% Code podcast. I am Dr. Melva, your board-certified radiation oncologist, serial entrepreneur and investor, and I help healthcare professionals and other top income earners Create multiple streams of income so that you can turn your job into a hobby and create a diversified wealth portfolio. So today we are talking about fear of uncertainty in business, fear of uncertainty in business. So before I get started, I want to kind of share with you where I am. So I had a second six-figure stream, was doing chart review. So I stopped that stream of income and before Thursday night was really the only day I had off because I was working an additional... X amount of hours. It was a great stream of income. I can talk about it separately in a live. I just had a ton of free time since. It was a good thing, right? It wasn't in alignment anymore. I used that money for investment into other streams that are still working for us. Let's see what else. We talk about fear of uncertainty in business. So we have a closing on a real estate coming up hopefully tomorrow or Monday. This one was pre-sold before my husband finished the work on the real estate. We've gotten past the subway um, remarketing campaign. It looks like they're doing good with the brand there. We haven't had any updates on the additional Colstone location. Oh, and a contractor I hired decided that maybe her services weren't appropriate for the stage in business and the group. So we we're working on scheduling that and learning how to work through that as well in a good business way. And I know a lot of people have fear about working with contractors. So hopefully that's going to turn out great. So that's me. So a lot of what I see when I speak to other top income earners, a lot of it is subconscious. A lot of your fear circles around something that was told to you at a previous time in a different situation, often not directly related to what it is that you're doing now. And a lot of the fear is subconscious. It's not even an an active decision to have the fear around that topic. So what you want to do is learn how to turn your energy into something that's positive fear is not positive and focus on what you can actually control. So what is it that we naturally do when we think about business and uncertainty and fear? You know, a lot of you say, well, I don't really know. I don't have the knowledge. I'm not really sure how to expand from where I am to where I want to go. And we have fears around what can go wrong. And naturally, we exaggerate that. <laughs> you know, it's not like, okay, we'll have a 5% loss of revenue. It's like we'll lose the whole business. It'll shut down in the middle of the pandemic, right? Like it goes super fast into exaggeration. And you get this sinking or feeling small or insignificant when you have fears. It's natural to feel that you're just not good enough. you can't start this additional business because you you know you don't have what other people people have, and you're not able to do it, and you start to sell a story around it that's untrue. You start to doubt, you have worry when there's fear. And what ends up happening? You waste a lot of good time and energy instead of focusing that on more positive things. So when you lose time and energy, when you start to have doubt and worry, when you let these fears that are unfounded, a lot of times based in subconscious, you lose momentum when you're adding additional income streams or you're looking at growing your business. And you also neglect the good. It's all of a sudden like what you've done or what business features you've had, like don't matter anymore right? And I think that's a big problem. So what's the opposite of fear, worry, exaggeration, self-doubt? What What is the opposite of those things? What should you do? So when you have fear and uncertainty in business, you need to focus on the actual facts, <laughs> the actual facts, facts and numbers. I'm I'm a scientist, so facts and numbers. It's the same way when you're talking about business and adding additional income streams. So focusing on facts, and then you want to think and take action. Okay. Taking action means taking to me, when I say take action, I mean taking massive imperfect action. Case in point. And I think I talked about this. When I started my podcast, I think we started like July 1st. We submitted it. It was massive imperfect action. It was okay, we're gonna start a podcast. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna follow this system. We had the training. I thought I was streaming on all platforms, and then I found out I wasn't actually on Google. <laughs> so I was in fact not streaming on all platforms, but we took massive imperfect action. We set a date we did the steps and we got it published. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because now we're streaming on Google. So massive and perfect action, have confidence. Okay. And then be grateful. Don't neglect the good, you know, don't neglect the good of what you've already done. If you're stuck on this fear and overwhelm about what's to come and that level of uncertainty. So how do you do this? How do you Take that overwhelm, that consumption of fear and uncertainty when it comes to adding an additional business stream, starting a new business, and how do you turn that energy into something positive and focus on what you can control? So, I came up with four ways that I think I can help you do this. So, number one, and I feel like this is a a repeated theme in anything business, anything business mindset, and that's journaling. Okay. Early on, when I was first starting, before we did so many of the business ventures that we added on, I was just writing everything out. I was writing what I felt uncomfortable with. I was writing, okay, these are the people I want to talk to. I even did this for medical school. These are like my dream interviews. These are the people who I follow. This is what they do. These are the questions I have. This is where I feel self-doubt. And this is why I feel self-doubt. You know, they have this amount of money or they have this connection and, and I don't have this connection. And I like journaled all of these things out. So then when I went back, it was detailed of the facts. And I knew what was causing the fear. It was something I'd read, something I'd heard, something I'd seen, something I experienced. You know, for example, when we were getting into real estate, I remember the whole focus was on what questions to ask contractors because we had a contractor and it's crazy. I was cleaning out my office last week and I found the receipts where we were paying. His name was Art and he was a contractor. It was one of the first deals my husband um, put together after I finished residency and he was paying him in like five to six thousand dollar increments and I found like the, you know, double deposit ticket on, you know, like the check duplicate. And it was the payments. It was like payment one of six, one of two. And at that time he left us. And it was about a thirty-five to forty thousand dollar loss. This was before we understood how to pay after a certain amount of work is done versus on a schedule, the details of how to do contracts. It, it was a lot of unknown, but it was that massive imperfect action, get out there and start. And a lot of that money, we, we recouped you know, in between equipment that the guy... He just left the job. like just left. And he had a Class A contractor. But my point is, the focus at that time, the fears moving forward, every project after that, my personal fear was another contractor is going to run off. How do we not lose another 35, dollars $40,000? And I would write it down and it all went back to what happened. So it was facts. Like I don't have the fears anymore because I know what I can control what I can't control? What are the details? So I can control how we work with the contractors, how the money is paid, how their inspections on a deal. And so if someone's to leave, they're going to leave after they've done a certain amount of work and it's been paid for. I hope that's an example. It's a little jumble, but of how when you journal, you can go back and focus on the facts and figure out what is causing your fear. Okay. Number two is focusing on what you can actually control. I guess they kind of overlap here, but what can you actually control? And I think, You can control your thoughts, your reactions, and your feelings, right? That's easy to control. Outside of that, I feel like we give it to God. But let's break that down a little bit more. What can I do today, right? How can I change my focus? And then where do I need to get mentorship and additional help for what, regardless of what I think, feel, react, focus on, do, I'm not capable of doing that can address my fear? So let me see if I can give you an example of that. We're in talks between doing a private equity fund versus a joint venture. And my husband and I have been back and forth between that. And as much information as we know, we're not security and exchange lawyers. And we haven't worked in an industry where we've created these. But changing the focus of I'm not really sure how we want to fund this next deal. I have fears that it may go wrong because, let's say we—I'm talking about the coalstone. So we're expanding coalstone. We have the rights to a second coalstone. And you know, some of the fear may be: what if we get the wrong investors? What if we don't raise the capital that we want to do? What if we do all investors our own fund and we don't do any bank funding? Like those are the fears. But what can I control? I can control the numbers. I can control the experts on the team. I can control the data I have. What can I do today? Today I can. Have three. Well, no, I can have one call with, you know, someone in my network or expand my network to someone who's done this before. And it's an exchange of ideas, right? Collaboration, kind of uh, masterminding, so to speak. Okay. So that's how you take those fear of uncertainty and you focus on what you can control. You have an action plan to take that massive, imperfect action and the thoughts, reactions, and feelings around that. So we talked about journaling. We talked about. Focusing on things you can actually control. The third one, and this is an anchor in your beliefs. So, anchoring your beliefs. What does this mean? This means that when you have fears, right, and uncertainty, which leads to overwhelm and consumption, and you know, losing momentum, you have to go back to your beliefs. Why are you doing this? Okay. So, for me, there was a lot of fears. I I mentioned that I stopped doing medical chart utilization. It was an additional six-figure income stream in addition to my other multiple six-figure income stream in my career as an oncologist. And it got down to the anchor in my beliefs. So it was no longer in alignment based on the situations and what was changing. So it was harder to have that motivation to make those sacrifices to do that particular stream because I, I couldn't anchor my beliefs as opposed to some of the other dreams or entrepreneur streams that I believe in. Like I've known my husband Leon since the ninth grade and we've been married for 14 years. We have three children together. I have a lot of belief in his vision. I've seen his visions come through the fact that he's about to have a closing on another real estate deal. And he's done so many. I believe in that because he's had it. he's said it. He's always wanted to have a hundred houses. He had the vision for, you know how to change this and, I, and I've listened and I believe in that. So when I'm, Changing my focus into something else, yes, it's a big fear. I don't care how much money you have or how much you're bringing in to drop a six-figure income. That's real, <laughs> like you know, even if it's not your only one, it's a chunk, right? But guess what happens when you do that? When you anchor in your beliefs and you follow your intuition, you know, your intuition and your beliefs, things come back. So. That high refund from taxes dropped in. Other opportunities popped up. The closing for another real estate popped up. God will provide and things will work out when you just let go, step in faith and have something to fall back on. So what does that also mean? That also means that if you get into something that you don't believe in, that you question, that you're doing just because it's a way to make money, I've done a lot of those before. It won't last. It'll be more fear because you don't, you don't have that belief. I mean, like, this is truth talk for real. Because, for example, we've done a lot, and I don't want to overwhelm you with everything we've done. But one of the things I did, I think it was like Shopify stores and Amazon. So I remember I had a team of like six to seven virtual assistants. It was entirely run by the team. I had a, I was doing drop shipping on Amazon one year. Maybe this is like four or five years ago. I got up the sales to a a reasonable amount. For some reason, I remember I did customer service on like some sheets or something. And the person was like, oh my God, I've never had such a great, Customer service response to return, like, you know, a set of twin sheets. And I was thinking, ah, that's because I'm a doctor and I have a great bedside manager. I probably shouldn't be spending my time like sitting a customer service response, you know, learning lesson. But for me, even though I figured out the system, I learned how to make money, it didn't fit. I didn't have any beliefs to anchor in. So when those results came back or complaints came back or Amazon restricted it, the platform, I didn't really have the fight to keep going because it wasn't something I really believed in but I was able to make it profitable. So for someone else, that could be their dream job. So anyway, that was a long one, anchoring your beliefs, okay? And the last one for fear is knowledge. (laughs) When you approach adding additional income streams to your wealth portfolio from a knowledge base as opposed to a theory-based approach, you're going to win. How are you gonna win? So let's talk about the COVID pandemic, okay? We opened not one, but two franchises in the COVID pandemic. When our Cold Stone franchise finally closed, we'd worked on it for about two years. I think I've shared this before. The real estate, the leasing, we got the Cold Stone Creamery in the middle of the pandemic and we opened like right in March. It was it was the height of it. And actually a couple days later, we wouldn't have been able to close the SBA loan. They stopped with the money for like traditional loans that were through. We wouldn't have been able to do the training for the franchise. Like everything just worked out. Talk about fear, right? Not knowing if businesses were going to stay open, not knowing... How we were gonna get, you know, continue to have customers. We had people out sick. We were, you know, frantic about we was gonna have COVID or not COVID. There was no vaccine, but it was knowledge based. So what I mean by knowledge based is that right now, if you're looking to add additional streams of income, it would help if you looked at other businesses or companies and how they handled the pandemic. What steps did they make? So you want to have a knowledge base by studying the data that's out there. It is so much data out there. I can't tell you how many opinion articles there are, case studies on what to do, you know, in a crisis situation, what to do with fear and on doubt. You can go and read CEOs of billion-dollar companies. They literally tell you their thought process. You know, it's it's like studying successful people. So when you have a knowledge foundation and you continue to study and grow toward what you're growing as far as your income the fear gets less because it's an educated standpoint. I think about the model and so we started Kohl'sown and Subway in 2020. Subway was a little quicker. It's a lot of work amongst everything else other things that we did and we could see and compare the two franchises models on how they responded and reacted in the pandemic. Every change we made, every, you know, increase in advertising campaign Just like every turn, almost as a franchise owner, we were able to see and learn that. And they showed the numbers, they showed the growth. And each company did it very differently. Like they're two very different franchises. But what did we do for that? We took that to our own businesses, you know, in the real estate side and the coaching side. What can we do and what can we learn? So there are resources all around you. But when you focus on knowledge, you have less fear, you have less theory. And I think a lot of us sit in the subconscious, we sit in the theory. And, and we do that exaggeration thing. So is this helpful? I, I hope that was helpful. That's, that's all I have. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the 1% code podcast, please share with others, post about it on social media or leave a rating and I would love your five-star review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on all social media channels at Dr spelled out D-O-C-T-O-R-M-E-L-V-A at Dr. Mova. And I want to make sure that you and anyone else, you know, that would benefit from the 1% code podcast is a member of my private community on Facebook, the 1% code collective. I would love for you to join me there link in the bio. Thanks again. And I'll see you next time.